welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you with me today. Today's guest is a teacher, priestess, artist, deck creator, and the host of the new podcast, Polytheism Today. Please welcome Angela Rankin. Hey, Hi, Angela. how are you doing? I am great. Doing well. How are you? Doing well, you know. Um got to spend the day uh, working on creative projects and that's that's a good day nice um so you want to take a few moments to sure um oh goodness you know i i actually this is where i'm just gonna be like whoa i'm angela anyway so my name is angela <laughs> um and i live in baltimore maryland um but i work and worship in the washington dc area for the most part um, I've been in this area since like 1998 and before that I lived in Houston and I was raised in uh, Oklahoma and, uh, let's see, introduce myself. Um, yeah, so I am the convener for, uh, Connect DC, which is a public, uh, pagan worship group, uh, that meets for, uh, the Sabbaths and uh, the full moons and the dark moons uh, in Washington, D.C. Uh, we are a completely public group. Uh, we want people who are coming to the area, who are moving in or who are discovering paganism, uh, to know that there is a completely open public circle that they can join uh, to celebrate the Sabbaths. Um, and so we do that. Um, I also um, spend a lot of my time uh, working in my studio. I've got many different uh, creative projects uh, going on. So um, I am a painter and uh, both acrylic on canvas, but also digital painting. Um, I crochet, I am doing a podcast. I Gosh, what else do I do? I'm drawing a blank, but I do I do a lot of different you know a lot of different things. I write rituals, <laughs> um, poetry, that kind of that kind of nonsense. So, I've been um, I've been pagan consciously uh, since um, you know, gosh 1987. Um, I was very very lucky, um, even though I lived in Oklahoma in the 80s. Um, my, I was raised in the spiritualist church and my mother and both my parents were ceremonial magicians. So when I discovered paganism and Wicca, uh, and was invited to come to some of their Sabbaths, the only reason I was invited was because of my parents. I mean, literally, in the <laughs> 80s in Oklahoma, there was no way any, like, Wiccan priestess in her right mind would have touched, you know, would have let a teenager into her circle. So, luckily, my right. my, my mom was totally okay with me discovering, you know, exploring this. And so, you know, I just started learning Um and I, I, you know, we went to a spring equinox ritual and I just remember being in circle and going, yeah, this is it. This is home. These are my people. And even though I'm no longer in that tradition, I'm still, you know, squarely within the pagan community. 
30 odd years later, mm-hmm. you know, and there are days when I look at, look at my community and I think, oh my God, these are my people. Oh, geez, <laughs> Louise. <laughs> but you know, it, they are, this is, this is still home. So it's, it's, it's a, it's yeah. a place where I have really been able to have some deep connections with people in physical bodies and with people in spiritual bodies and the gods and I've been able to to grow uh, I think into a relatively fully functional adult love it love it <laughs> it's it's important to find you know, fully functional occasionally adults on I TV can uh, play one on TV and that seems to be that seems to be good enough for most <laughs> Well, are you drinking? I wouldn't say exciting. I am drinking Coke Zero Mm -hmm. out of a mason jar. So, well, you put it in a mason jar, and it's automatically (laughs) magical. Yeah, I mean that's how I get my caffeine. I I admit. What about you? What are you drinking today? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I'm drinking a blue drink. Um, it's blue curacao cranberry. Well, there you go. And in all honesty, I made it to take a picture for Instagram. I I hope it's at least tasty. (laughs) Okay. It it doesn't suck. So that's good. (laughs) I'm not a big, um, like liquor fan. I love wine. I will drink wine all day long, but liquor is just not really my thing. But I felt like I needed to make something pretty for for the day, you know? So I did. And no. Not gonna waste it. <laughs> um, so are you reading? Anything well interesting? I just finished uh reading uh a book called God is Dead, Long Live the Gods. A Case for Polytheism by uh, Gus de Zeru. I always mispronounce his name. And if he's listening to this, I'm so sorry. Um, Gus de Zeruga. God, I'm just going to hang my head in shame. Um, so I just, I just finished reading that. And I'm about to start uh, The Philosophical Challenge of Religious Diversity. Uh, edited by uh, Philip Quinn and Kevin Meeker. Um, now, I know that sounds highly intellectual, but believe me, I'm only reading it for the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, the you know, for the podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, those are those are the things that I'm kind of plowing through right now. Well, let's talk a little bit about sure. the podcast since we're talking about that right now. Came up. So has your first episode so no, come out yet? No, I'm planning to launch the podcast uh, at the fall equinox. Um, so it will be coming out uh, September 22nd. And, okay. you know, one of the things that I've learned about myself over the years is that if I jump into something and start publishing it before I have it, like, before I have enough done, 
you're going to get like two or three episodes out of me. And then I'm going to be like, wow, this is a lot of work and I don't want to do it no more. Um, so I decided not to do that. And, um, what I'm mm -hmm. doing is in this podcast, uh, we're going to, I'm, I'm looking at doing it by seasons. So I'm going to, I'm going to go the Netflix route and do like a short season. So our first season will have 12 episodes and, um, right now I'm in the middle of doing the interviewing, um, because it, some of the, some of the episodes will be me me basically ranting about polytheism and why we, you know, why it's just a better, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to announce my agenda right, right now. Uh, why polytheism is more appropriate for the diversity of the world than say <clears throat> monotheism. And so there's some of me mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, talking about that. And then most of the episodes are going to be me talking to people who are polytheists about their relationship with the gods you know what does that look like in everyday life nice. you know um and i'm trying to talk to people um I'm, I'm starting out in this first season with people that i know because it's easier that way right mm -hmm. it's easier like i can it just is, ask somebody is. that i know hey you <laughs> want to be on this podcast they'll they'll say yes um I can stumble through an interview. They won't think too poorly of me, <laughs> you know. Um, and, but I, I'm really, I'm really excited. I've done about half of my interviews and they've just been such incredibly juicy conversations. And I'm just... Nice. So now I'm, I'm also working on learning uh, audio editing uh, because, you know... Like I said, I yeah. the way that I envision the podcast is that the interviews will be pretty tight. I want them to be pretty tight. So uh, as you can tell, my style of talking just naturally is kind of rambly and nobody wants to listen to that, I don't think. Um, so <laughs> we're, you know, I'm in the process of, of editing um, those. And so we'll have starting Fall Equinox, we'll be publishing, um, an episode a week, you know, for 12 weeks and we'll see how it goes. You know, uh, if people enjoy it and mm -hmm. I've enjoyed it, um, then we'll have a second season. And if not, then Great. we won't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of leaving it open. But yeah, the idea for the second season is that we'll go a little farther afield. So, you know, talking to people who I don't know, uh, talking to people who are in, mm -hmm. Uh, religious traditions that I'm not that familiar with uh, because that way it's like I'll have the first mm -hmm. season and I can say hey you don't know me but here's my podcast listen to it and mm -hmm. if you want to talk to me awesome and if you don't that's fine too uh, but I'm really excited because it's, it's right. you don't see a lot of like I mean you get a there's such a rich diversity of um, podcasts about paganism and, and witchcraft and magic, but I really wanted this to have a tight focus on an aspect of our religion that I don't think gets a lot of play in the podcast field. And that's, that's what is our relationship with the gods? Who are they? How do we worship them? What is the nature of the gods? So really just kind of like trying to dig into that a little bit more. Uh, and I'm really, I'm really excited. I hope that, I hope that other people 
you know, listen to it and 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 find some appreciation for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Um the the concept is Well thank is great. you. So I cannot wait. Um Yeah. Um so do you have a I'm gonna switch back up a little bit. Do you have a specific uh book from your that you've read in your life that has maybe been the most influential? Um and, and this could be any Oh gosh. Any um I would say like I'm gonna go old school on you here. I would say probably probably the most okay. foundational book for 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 me and my practice is Starhawk's Spiral Dance. I mean, you know, you grow up in the '80s. That's one of the books that's out there. You yep, know, that's that's, that's and, yep. and so like I I remember that was one of the first pagan books I had read specifically pagan books I had read um and I still you know one of the things I love about that book is like I had I had gotten the book before she put out the 10 the 10 year edition and then she put out a mm -hmm. 20 year edition mm -hmm. and I think I love that mm -hmm. 20 year edition because she goes back into her book and she's like footnotes it and says, I thought this 20 years ago. Here's how I've changed. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I, I, you know, I wish more, I wish there was more of a, a thirst in, in the publishing community or in the, you know, people who read books to be like, I want to know what this author's thinking about this now, you know? Okay, so Starhawk, if you're listening right. to this, could you publish like a fortieth anniversary? Because <laughs> I, it just felt like I was in a conversation. I'll tell you what, if Starhawk was listening to this, I would. I mean, I could die then. You know, my my life has been fulfilled. <laughs> I mean, there there are some there are definitely some newer books that um, I really. Um, appreciated um you know one that uh, i really love and this is by i will just admit uh, a friend of mine but when she started working on it i just fell in love with the idea is uh the orphic hymns grimoire uh, by sarah maestros and um you know i love how she has taken the uh the orphic hymns and done um original translations uh using language and a rhythm that you can use pretty easily in your own rituals and then added mm -hmm. rituals and spells and workings around many of them to talk about how you can actually use these in your in your religious and magical practice um, and that's just been a really good, Very cool. I, I really enjoyed that book. Um, and then one that is, you know, found another foundational book for me, um, uh, because of the, the tradition that I'm currently in is the one by my teacher, Katrina Messenger, uh, in her book, uh, Elemental Psychology, um, which I helped edit, uh, before she published that. And, uh, 
but it goes into a lot of the work that we do in um, her school, which is Reflections Mystery School. And I've been working with Katrina now for like 16, 17 years. Um, and her work in that book um, have really given me a lot to chew on in terms of uh, spiritual, you know, my spiritual journey and where my strengths and weaknesses lie. And uh, I refer back to that, you know, repeatedly uh, whenever I get a little stumped. So I would say those three books are like nice. yeah. chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about this Reflections Mystery School. What yeah, is, so Reflections that? Mystery School <clears throat> is a contacted mystery school founded by uh, Katrina Messenger. Uh, based in Washington, D.C. And the goal of Reflections is to work with students in their spiritual evolution and in what Katrina calls polishing the jewel, um, in working with our shadows, working with our, um, our, our vocations, to really be able to do, like each of us has work to do in this life. And it mm -hmm. could be, you know, like it just, it runs the gambit, you know, of, of what that work is. But it's like the idea is like we're finding that and, and working with our own, you know, our own issues. Cause we all come to adulthood full of issues as it were to, to really like <laughs> help us to, do our work in the world in a conscious way and in a generative way. And, um, yeah, I, like I said, I started working with her when she founded the school back in, uh, 2000, 2004, I think it was. Um, and for a while I was the Dean of Students, um, for, for the school. And I just recently resigned from being the Dean so that I could focus more on uh, my work with Connect DC. And Connect DC is attached to uh, Reflections. It's more of the public worship side of things um, because that's really where I wanted to put okay. my focus was in um, the ritual and the public worship and kind of making connections with uh, the broader community of like, how do we worship how do we how do we work with the cycles of nature and with the cycles in our own life in a way that's supportive for our community yeah where, um, right where um do you worship so at? we worship Wait, at um, two rivers sanctuary uh, which is both uh our temple and our mother house so uh the the first and second floor is where katrina lives and the ground floor and the labyrinth and yard space is where we worship and have classes. And it's in north. It's in northwest. It's in northwest Washington. Okay. I oh my gosh! I didn't know, area, why did I not so know that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually down in Fredericksburg, but I. That's well, come on up. Me, you know. I will. I will. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really exciting. I actually had wanted to reach out and chat with you about that before, but now we're just doing it on the podcast. Why not? 
That's right. Now more people can find out. Um, all right. So what is one of your favorite mundane books or book series? <sighs> well, <laughs> there's a heavy sigh there. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. My favorite, like the fiction that holds the closest place in my heart is stuff that I read when I was younger. And looking back at it, I can see, oh goodness, that stuff's problematic. <laughs> you know? I mean, so, uh -huh. yeah. you know, if you were to ask me like, okay, Angela, who like, looking at your whole lifetime, who are your two, who are your favorite authors? And I'd be like, oh, it's Anne Rice and Robert Heinlein. Both incredibly problematic authors, but you know, <laughs> I was reading them in the 80s and, and in the early 90s. So they still, they still have a, a, you know, they still have that, that place in, in my psyche. But I've recently read um, a series called the Wayfarer series by Becky Chambers. Oh, okay. I good. just started that. So good. <laughs> My favorite is actually the third in the series uh, called Record of a Spaceborn Few. And without giving any spoilers, <laughs> what she explores in that book that I really appreciate is how human culture or how human society adapted and changed to being on a generations long exodus, space exodus from the planet. It's amazing. I, I really, I really enjoyed the series and I'm reading it again where actually my husband and I um, occasionally like will like be like, there's nothing on TV. Let's just read and we'll read to each other. And so we're, we're yeah. reading through the series. Aww. You know, I'm trying to read seriously and he My reads heart. with silly voices. So, but it's, it, you know, we're reading it again and I really appreciate it. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. I don't think that my husband and I could read to it's, each other. It, it is, it is a, it is an exercise in patience. <laughs> Cause as I said, he likes to do silly voices and. Mm -hmm. oh, I have to do a lot of grounding and center. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So would you like to share a little bit about your practice? You know, sure. Practice. Sure. Um, a... So my, you know, my practice, I, I have a, I, I would love to say that it's a daily practice. It's not as disciplined as that, uh, but a, a frequent, we'll call it a frequent <laughs> practice. Um, and really it just, it's, it's the basics, you know, the basics of breathing and grounding and making sure that you do that. Like, you know, if I'm at work and having a really terrible day, like I have to remind myself, girl, you've got the tools, you know, breathe, ground, run your chakras. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, but, um, so yeah, breathing and grounding, running my chakras. Um, there's a, a, now I'm going to mess up. The author is Wendy Palmer and I learned of Wendy through Katrina. 
Um, but um, and I'll see if I can find the name of the book. But uh, in there, she describes a, what she calls everyday practice. And one of the, the techniques that she has in there is this, what's called the spiral breath, where you as you breathe in, you're breathing the energy counterclockwise up your body. And then as you're breathing out, you're spiraling the energy clockwise down your body. It's called the intuitive body, as I mentioned. It's a Wendy Palmer's intuitive body. So those are three kind of energy okay. practices that I do on a fairly regular basis. Um, but when we look at like kind of a broader like spiritual practice, so much of it is doesn't really look like spiritual practice. It looks like me coming up to my studio mm-hmm. and working on a painting. Um, because I do consider myself a spirit-led artist. So most of the work that I'm doing is kind of at the behest of a god, a goddess, or a spirit that's wanting, like, wanting to express themselves through, through my artwork. And so I'm really partnering with them on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am gardening. I started gardening about three years ago. And... Um, I I tend my vegetable garden as a healing ritual for the land uh, because we live like the property that we live on has been really mis it was really mistreated by the previous owners and um, there's a large part of it that we aren't able to really do much with um, but there's like the my vegetable garden plot that's um, just every bit of that like Mm -hmm. composting you know feeding it do you know growing growing beans and corn and all of that and then and then going out and watering it and tending it like so to me whenever I'm doing that I'm doing that as like I'm putting my my love and my intentions for healing back into the soil for the, the spirits of the land that I live on. Um, and gardening is flipping amazing. I don't know how I survived 30 years of being a pagan and I, I had never gardened. You know, I lived in apartments, right? And and gar- gardening in pot just didn't really do it for me. But seeing, like I put a corn, a, a corn seed, I put it in the, in the earth. And then it's, I feel like mm-hmm. I turn around and like a week or two later, there's a sprout and I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, I just was yeah. watering the darn thing. And then like a couple of weeks later, I notice, oh my God, it's like, like every, every day you go out and it's, it's something new. It's changed. It's, it's, it's just, oh, oh, this is what we're really talking about, you know? It's, it's, it's amazing. And, um, and then I also, you know, I also do the, the public rituals, uh, through, through Connect DC. Mm -hmm. And, um, I do uh, privately, I also do a lot of work, um, on healing my ancestral line. Um, so I do a lot of ancestral work and a large part of that is, you know, spend in, 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 in meditation, connecting with those, those energies, those spirits within my ancestral line who 
are already healthy and whole and basically trying to create space where those spirits in my ancestral line who mm, not doing so good that they have a space where it's like they're kind of held on both ends um and mm -hmm. and a large part of that is also shadow work dealing with my own shadows and generational traumas you know i'm, I'm i went back to oklahoma mm -hmm. uh, last month and um we just just recent i just recently uh learned some things that had happened you know two generations back that ripple out you know these things ripple out and then when you find what happened when you when you learn what happened you're like ooh, so much makes sense and so you know working with the ancestral spirits to help to help heal that i don't have children so i'm not passing that down to my own you know my own descendants but i have many cousins and they all have children so i look at part of what i'm doing is like i'm trying to heal that ancestral line so that their children are getting a clearer stream. Nice. I don't live in Oklahoma. I don't hang out with them. So it's like, here's what I can do. <laughs> here's what I can do for you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. All my uh, nieces and nephews are across the country in California and New Mexico. So I feel you. <laughs> Too bad, though, because I'd like to hang out with them. All right. So if you had to choose three things that you had to have on your altar, what would they be? The cat just jumped up on the table. And so my first response is not this cat. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, although they are often up there. Um, I'm, you know, I, I have a lot of stuff on my altar, uh, but I think if I, if I had to select three things, um, it would be my ancestor pot, a candle and a bowl of water. Just keep it, keep it really simple to the essentials. Um, and so my ancestor pots, this really beautiful little ceramic, just a ceramic pot with a lid on it. Um, about seven years ago, uh, my mother and I kind of did a cross-country road trip from where she lives down in Florida through Georgia um, and to Oklahoma and collected graveyard dirt from all of the ancestors that we could find. So it's like, okay, like, okay, we have a little pool oh, wow. of ancestors in, you know, northern Georgia. So we let's go there. And we ended up like in some cemetery in the middle of nowhere you know, visiting, visiting them and collecting that soil. And so when I got back, I took all of that soil and put it, you know, in the pot. And so that sits, that's central on my altar. And, um, it's, it's, it's a home, you know, it's, it's a home for, it's, it's a home and it's a focus for, for that work. Mm -hmm. um, and then a candle to light and, and a bowl of water to, to cool the spirit. That's awesome. What a great idea. And I'm sure it that was, was a, a wonderful fabulous trip. trip. It's not my idea. I'm going to have to credit, 
<laughs> the the idea I got that from uh, Orion Foxwood's book, and I cannot remember. I'm not sure which of his books it was, but Orion Foxwood uh, is the author, and I, I essentially stole the idea from from his book. Awesome. I, I'm writing things down because I always post. Okay, so I'll get, my the actual, I'll, I'll get the actual so. title for you and, and, and send that to you. It's downstairs in the, in the library. So. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. Um, but I could also probably find it if you don't, if you don't want to. Um, but I like to make sure that everybody has access to everything that is talked about on the podcast. And I keep flipping back and forth and then losing my Sorry. questions. It's all good. <laughs> oh, I love this question. All right. So if you could meet any witch in history or in the present, uh, who would it be? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go back to Starhawk. Because, you know. Fair. I know people who know her <laughs> and mm -hmm. I have been in an event that she was at, but I've actually never met her. And I mean, I'd probably just kind of like not be able to string a coherent sentence together. <laughs> but, um, but I think she, she would be um, somebody that I would, I would like to meet. Um, you know, and, and I think if, I mean, if we, if we threw it in the past, um, I think I would love to, I don't know if meet is the correct word or if I would just love to like kind of be on the sidelines to a conversation with some of the folks um, in like the Golden Dawn and that kind of that early 20th century um, occult community. I just, I think it would be interesting to see the difference. I, I always wonder, like I'm always wondering, like you read some of those books and you're like, this is like dry as dust, but... <laughs> <laughs> But you know they weren't. You know they weren't. Yeah. yeah so I just I think that that would be fascinating. To see. Yeah, exactly. Be a fly on the wall. Exactly. I haven't heard that one yet. That's funny. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. That, that would be interesting for sure. All right. So tell me and the listeners about this amazing deck that you are about to send into the world. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to take a drink. So I, I'm working on, um, a deck called the North American animal wisdom Oracle. And, uh, it is, uh, a set of 76 uh, cards featuring uh, wild animals 
uh, from Canada, Mexico, and the United States. So I really wanted to, I mean, you have to keep these things focused or you're going to have, I mean, how many species of animals are there out there in the world, right? Well, so I was like, yeah. okay, well, let's keep it to, let's keep it to North America because one, that's where I live and that's where most of the people that I know live. And let's keep it to wild animals. Um, and even with that, there were some hard choices that needed to be <laughs> that needed to be made because you know again, you know you, you can't you can't do a deck of 150 million cards. Um, and right. it really the project started out with um, you know I was just playing around on Procreate, which is the uh, digital painting program that I use. And I was just playing around with it, and I did a I did a painting of a raven in a particular style, and I really liked it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so then I did another one of another animal, and then another one, and then another one, and just like I just I was just creating this is like it was almost like I was overtaken with this fever of like I just have to keep making these these animal portraits mm -hmm. and um you know what happens on a fairly regular basis is I'll, I'll post these things on Instagram and somebody will say you should do a tarot deck and I'm like okay these are animal portraits this these are not tarot images right, right. Um, so right. when, you know, I just started thinking about it, I said, well, I could do, I could do an Oracle deck, I guess. I mean, that is kind of how mm -hmm. our community likes to consume images is, is through mm -hmm. card decks. So, okay, fine. Um, and yeah. so the, the, uh, Oracle is organized in three suits. Uh, there's a suit for the animals that live on the land, uh, animals that live in the sky primarily. Uh, and animals that live in the it's very scientific. <laughs> Lancy and Sky. Um, I originally considered doing four suits, you know, uh, and doing like, you know, a fire suit, but then I was like, what animal lives in the fire? These are these are real animals, not mythical right. animals, right? So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to do three. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Um, and I wanted to um, on the on the cards. Each card has a, an image of the animal, its common name, and its binomial name or its scientific name. And it has a scientific name on there because I, I even though I am not a scientist, I work with a bunch of biologists and and you know biological scientists, and so that's kind of how I think about. Um, the animals in some in some respects and so i was like hey look let's put the scientific mm -hmm. name on there because in some cases i find the scientific name just kind of gives me the giggles um so like if you're looking <laughs> at brown bear uh the the scientific name for brown bear translates it translates to in english bear 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 Bear. <laughs> the scientific for name for Raven translates to Raven Raven. I mean, 
it's it's so sometimes <laughs> I just find them amusing. Um, but um, one of the things that I'm I'm doing with this deck is we have, you know, we have some of the usual suspects. You know, there's there's Raven, there's Mountain Lion. Mm-hmm. You've got you know your your charismatic animals, animals that people know, um, mm-hmm. animals that are you know are cool. Um, but there's some that you know. I didn't put in the deck like so the deck does not have wolf in it you know and and there's some people have been like how could you not put wolf in the deck and I'm like well wolf is in every (laughs) freaking deck you know um so Mm -hmm. like instead of deck instead of you know like some of those I wanted to give space for animals that we don't normally think of in terms of animal spirits Mm -hmm. or having relationships with those animal spirits so you know for example uh there's a card for the eastern oyster and now i'm sure i can hear a lot of people going oysters like animal spirit (laughs) for oysters why why would you do that um oysters are really freaking important (laughs) you know they're really important in their ecosystems and if you don't have oysters, like in the Chesapeake Bay, if you don't have oysters, you have a dirty, unhealthy bay. Um, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to bring in some of the, you know, ecosystem information that um, we can learn about our where we live we can learn about this the the community of of life that we live in by looking at and learning about these animals um i'm working on a kind of workbook that goes with the deck um that offers some basic information about the animal where they live what kind of habitat they live in how they reproduce, what they eat. Um, I am getting stared at by a cat on the other side of the computer because they think it's dinner time. Sorry about that. He is just like giving me the same guy. Um, but I really wanted to, you know, I want, I want to do in the book is give people some basic information about like, how does this animal live in its, in its, in its world? And I think it's through that and through observation that we can learn more about what, what the animal has to teach us. So for example, I'm gonna call on my favorite raven. Mm-hmm. Um, when I talk about like, to me, what what messages Raven has when he comes into my life. What you often see in books like, oh, Raven, I saw a Raven. Let me get out the book and see what it means. You know, a lot of times you get this kind of mishmash of here is what the quote unquote Native Americans think about Raven. And it's like, which, which nation, which mm-hmm. tribe they, right. they all like each one has right. its own culture. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and I'm not Native American. Um, so, okay, if I don't look at that, then maybe I could look at 
you know, what Celtic mythology or Celtic folklore or Nordic folklore has to say about Raven. But we don't live there. Like we don't live in those places. We, we live here. And so rather than going to those places for quickie, quickie interpretations, what I'm inviting people to do is to learn about the animal and then go into um, like sh either shamanic trance or going into some type of altered state where one can call to that spirit and actually engage with the spirit directly. Because, you know, I'm never gonna be able to have a heart to heart with a Gila monster because I don't live in its its ecosystem. And even if I did, I probably mm -hmm. would never see one, right? But there's gotta be some way that I can mm -hmm. engage with it. And you know, I am a pagan. I do practice magic and altered states. So it's like I can go into that place and I can connect with the spirit that way. And if I connect with that animal spirit with some knowledge, you know, of that, that animal's life, life ways, that will then help me to be like, okay, here's what this might, like if I'm, if I'm pulling that deck card out of the deck or if I see that animal out in the world, here's what it might be trying to tell me. So that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of, uh, that's kind of, and that's so why I'm in the middle of that right now. Uh, of pulling that together um, for the cards. Well, I was lucky enough to see an early version when I went to Sacred Space. And I am a first-hand account of pulling a card and being like, what in the hell? <laughs> because I, I got uh -huh, okay. perfect. And I was like, well, this is going to be weird. But it was actually one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in that way. Like, I, I thoroughly... Yeah, exactly! It. Well, <laughs> but it's so great. There, there's, there's my uh, endorsement. I thought it was going to suck, but it was the best experience ever. But it was... I was, I mean, like, really, I looked at it, I was like, who wants to meet with a starfish? <laughs> but it's great. <laughs> yeah. I was looking over at my friend, and she's like, God, I, I was like, really? <laughs> but yeah, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed that That's good. I'm glad. ritual. Very, very. Yeah. Yeah. And now starfish have a pretty soft spot in my heart. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, we are at the point in the episode where I would love to ask if you would uh, share a spell ritual. Or sure. Um, so I have two I could share. I'm trying to, de I'm, I'm, I'm literally trying, I'm still trying to decide which one. So, 
All right, so I'm gonna share, this is, this is actually my favorite spell. I'm gonna share what I call the Santa Claus spell. And um, okay. I, I, have, I, have, I have done this spell a few times and it, 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 it's uncanny how it works. Um, and I will say that the, 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 the biggest time that I, the, the time that I didn't ask for the biggest thing, I actually ended up getting married. So there you go. Your mileage may vary. Um, but you also have to understand that like Santa Claus to me is like right up there with like a wish fulfillment God. I mean, I, I grew up, my, my mother refused to tell me if Santa Claus was real or not until I was 12. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just really flippin' naive, but I was just like, as long as I believe, he'll still keep coming, you know? It's, <laughs> this is like, even today, right. like, I'm like, you know, 52 years old and Christmas Eve comes and I'm like, man, if only, <laughs> if right. only I still had that like 20 year old belief. Yeah. Anyway, so, but, and I also, so there's a couple of things you have to have. Uh, you, you need to have a piece of paper in an envelope. You have to have a source of fire and a place where you can burn a letter sized thing safely. There's no excuse for not being safe. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be able to burn it safely. Okay. Um, and then you have to find a version of the year without a Santa Claus movie. That's very important. Oh, very important. Okay. Loving this spell so much right now. <laughs> so you write your letter to Santa and you basically spell out like, this is, this is what, this is what I want. And so for me, you know, like I was in a really, I was in a really low point, you know, I was living on my own. I'd gotten out of a really bad breakup really bad breakup and I just felt like I was at the age of 34 that I was destined to live alone whatever mm -hmm. uh, but I like I did I was like I was like I <laughs> I I'm just I'm so lonely I want I, I've just had so many bad boyfriends and I want I want someone in my life who just completely loves me like who supports me and the work mm -hmm. that I do and who looks at me and they're like, oh my God, you are like the best thing ever. I mean, I probably should have put some caveats around it because I mean, my husband does look at me like that. And sometimes I'm just like, oh God, stop, stop. But, um, <laughs> you know, but anyway, you're just, you're basically, you're pouring your heart out to Santa Claus, you know, and I'm literally, you're like, dear Santa, you know, and just, Tell him, yeah, tell him, you know. I'm here for it. And then you're gonna fold, you're gonna fold your your letter up. You're gonna stick it in the envelope. You're gonna address it to Santa Claus. And then you're gonna hold on to this this letter. And you're gonna watch a year without a Santa Claus. And when it gets to the song, I believe in Santa Claus, like I believe in love. If you know the song at all, you are going to sing that song. Clutching this letter <laughs> in your hand, you are going to sing that song. And if you don't cry, motherfucker, you better cry. 
because you're saying this one. like, I believe in Santa Claus like I believe in love. I believe in Santa Claus and everything he does. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's like, I, if I, if I were to sing it, I would start to cry. I'm about to like get a little misty eyed. Um, and you're just, you just pour all of that into that, into that letter. And at the end of that song, you, know, like you can watch the rest of the whole movie. Uh, but at the end of that song, you, you put the letter in the, the fire safe container and you light that bad boy up and it, watch it burn. And then you splash cold water on your face. (laughs) 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 If you're anything like me, you're like, you know, you got to splash the cold water on your face, you know, Um, eat some food, you know, because you probably like expended some energy there and then let it go. Like any good spell, then you just let it go. And... Mm -hmm. See what happens. See what happens. I love that. I love that so much. Um, Santa Claus is like my dream husband. <laughs> I love Santa Claus so much. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a potent, there is potent humbugs. energy there, you know? It, it's. Yeah, so that's my Santa Claus spell. Well, that uh, wins for my favorite spell shared on my podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go do it immediately after we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, and it's it's nice to meet somebody who loves Santa Claus. Thank you. <laughs> um. I even got dressed. I got, yeah, got dressed. I even got married in a red velvet dress. <gasps> oh, pretty! Yeah, because I wanted to be Mrs. Claus. <laughs> well, you know, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, my husband does have a white beard. Mine is working. so <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> That's so funny! Yay! Uh, okay, would you like to share a card poll for us? Oh, sure. Sure. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to take a leap of faith here. I am going to pull from my own deck. Great. Um, and we're going to talk it through together because some of these I've actually written about and some of them I haven't. Fair. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Fair. So. All right. I'm going to shuffle these bad boys. <gasps> oh my gosh. So is it the starfish? We pulled... No, it's not the starfish. Burn it. If it had been the starfish, I would have made you read it. Uh... <laughs> no, it's the it's the northern river otter. Oh, wonderful. Look how cute he is. He is cute. Isn't he cute? Oh my gosh, he's so cute. So one of the things that I absolutely love about uh, river otters is that, I mean, they are they are predators. They they are they are carnivores, but 
they are so like if just to watch them they are so joyful and they are so playful and they play they play with each other they they roughhouse they run all over the place and they it just if just watching them it's like this bubble of joy that just comes from the pit of your of your body and like bubbles mm -hmm. up Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the things I read was, and, and I've seen pictures of it, where like they're they're laying on their backs and they're like holding yes. hands. So I mean, is that it's like so they don't like so they don't like lose each other? And I think that to me, what I when I pulled that and what I thought, I mean, it was like you know that, that river otter is like bringing us a message of joy, and bringing us a message of holding on to each mm -hmm. other so that we don't lose each other's and holding on to each other in good times and bad times so that we're not separated so we can always be together and find you know the people in our lives that are meaningful to us mm -hmm. um, but to do it in a in a joyful way not in a clutchy clingy way right um so yeah so that's that i think that's what river otter is you know after we talked about the santa claus spell i think that River Otter telling us to have some joy and to hold the people that are meaningful to us close is appropriate. I think so too. Aw, so oh, it's Christmas in July. That's so. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> thank you, Angela, so much for joining me today. Uh, oh, I've had a great time. This was a wonderful interview. Uh, and, I will, and I will, when lacrosse season is over, season is over. <laughs> I will come up and join a ritual because I would love to do that with connecting. Yeah, please yeah. do. We'd love to have yeah. you. Is it, are they kid friendly? Yeah. We actually have a couple people in the group who, I mean, Sometimes we'll bring their kids, sometimes don't. So we could have a five-year-old running around. Mm -hmm. uh, we could have, you know, uh, we have a couple people who have, have a, how old is she? She's like 11 or 12. I mean, yeah. My daughter's 16, so she's not really a kid. Well, <laughs> and we have another person who's brought their, who's brought their teenager. He comes sometimes, you know, I mean, and when he comes, you know, it's like, he's like, okay, yeah, this is kind of weirdo, but you know. My son is like, you're so weird, mom. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, you know, a teenager thinking I'm weird. I don't let that bother <laughs> me. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd get nothing done. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, this will publish, um, I think, on the 17th. Okay, great. So, uh, but again, thank you for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, Amberly. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts.